Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Holderness. And I'm Kim Holderness. This is our podcast, and today, this is a reading of a book that we have written. <laughs> well, we're going to read part of it. Let's 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 be honest. We're going to read. No, we're not going to read the whole book. That's what a reading is. Well, just it's a the, reading of a part of a book. We're nah, knocking this out of the park. So, and when you go to like a bookstore and someone's doing a reading, are you expecting them to read the entire book? We're getting into details, and we're. This is actually a great segue into this chapter on listening. Our book is about the fights that we have and how I've learned to be a better listener. <laughs> and then we're going to bring in the actual professional that helped us with this book, our our marriage coach, as I call him, his uh, Dr. Christopher Edmonston, who's counseled us and actually gave us some amazing front porch counseling today that I will talk about in a moment. But first, we're going to read from our book, Everybody of Fights. It's available for pre-order on Amazon and all different places right now. Yeah, whatever. Okay, chapter seven. (laughs) Are you even listening to me? (laughs) Again, it's called Everybody Fights. It's about the fights we get. You're going to hear my voice. That's the part of the book that says Penn. You're going to hear Kim's voice. That's the part that says Kim. And then when you hear us referred to as we, that's both of us. And we're just going to take turns reading that. Does that work? Okay. Gosh, this is like our first time doing something. I'm nervous about the Audible book all of a sudden. I know. Here we go. We're going to nail so it. So let me know if I sound natural. We all blow it in the listening department sometimes, but not all blowing it is created equal. To help you figure out how badly you screwed up, I've taken the liberty of drawing up a handy list. You can think of it as the circles of hell in Dante's Inferno, only at the bottom, instead of watching Satan eat the heads off of Judas and the guy who sold out Caesar, you are surrounded by husbands who were too busy looking at sports highlights to pay attention to their wives. Trust me when I tell you that circle is hell. Circle one. I'm actually really proud of like putting this circle together, by the way. My, my, my high school teacher, Miss Finland, is going to be proud of me too. Dorothy. Uh, circle one. When, well, she's, uh, she's on Facebook okay. now as Dorothy. Okay. okay. Circle one. When she tells you something from a room away and you can't hear her, but she keeps talking because she assumes you can hear every word you say and you don't bother to correct her. That happens a lot with a us. Lot. So that's like a, kind of an infraction. You're not that bad. Then it goes down to lower, like circle two. When she tells you three times to take the garbage out and you hear her, you really do, but you forget to do it. Circle three. When she is talking about something serious, like her struggles with anxiety, and you space out while she's speaking and start thinking about how goats must feel about the goat yoga trend. <laughs> 
ADD. Uh, circle four, when she's talking about how she's going to drink celery juice every day from now on, and you think of something awesome that you want to say, but she's moved on to talking about how her mom might need surgery, and you blurt out your celery thing from five minutes ago anyway. Mm-hmm. That's a problem I have. Yeah. And then circle five is when you tune her out completely. Mm. We really don't want to get to circle five. This is where this chapter's fight begins. We were out to dinner with our friends, Jake and Paige. The conversation was lively. The wine was good. And we were having such a fun time that I don't even remember what we ate, which is always the sign of a great evening. Because we're over 35 years old, we got to talking about our jobs. Kim and I often get questions about our work because 99% of people, including my parents, can't figure out how we make money. (laughs) Um, After Kim and I started working together full time, both of my folks kept offering us money because they assumed I was broke now that I wasn't on the news anymore. This still happens. It happened today. Literally today. Yeah. Uh, The other thing that happens when we talk about how we make a living is that people start bouncing around ideas for parody songs that they think we should do. Christopher did one of those like five minutes ago off the... Okay. Off the, off the camera. Yep, we'll talk about that later. With apologies to the oncologist who suggested that we do a parody of Tina Turner's private dancer called Bile Duck Cancer, uh, some suggestions are not good, okay? But <laughs> several ideas have been the sparks that got our videos going. So that night, Paige said, you know what? You guys should do a back-to-back, or I'm sorry, you guys should do a back-to-school video about Fortnite. Our kids will not stop playing it, and I don't know what's going to happen to them when school starts up again. I pointed to her and screamed, yes, every parent in America is freaking out about that. I could totally picture it. The lyrics were already scrolling through my brain. So I turned to Kim and I said, I can't believe we haven't thought of that, honey. So I looked at her and she looked at me and my honey was pissed. Uh, She didn't say why. She simply looked at Paige and said with a smile, that's a great idea. I reached across the table and tried to hold Kim's hand, but she moved it away from me. Ooh, bad sign. The deep freeze was on. Fast forward one hour later, on the way home, Kim looked at me and said, you do realize I told you earlier today to your face that we should do a back-to-school video on Fortnite. I most certainly did not realize that. Had she? Really? Welcome to the fifth circle of listening hell. I wanted to know how I had ended up in that burning pit and how to get out and stay out. Not only had I suggested we make a parody video about the Fortnite craze that very day, I'd even suggested songs to parody and lyrics that might work. At the time, Penn had nodded, but if you'd been watching our exchange, it would have looked to you like Penn was just humoring me because he wasn't really into the concept. That's, that was my read on it. We would both be wrong. He wasn't humoring me. He was flat out not listening. WTF. When Paige suggested the Fortnite parody, I'd started to reply, yeah, that sounds like fun and our kids are the same way, but we thought of that already and decided against it. When Penn leaped up, it seemed that magically when someone else had the idea, he could envision it perfectly. I shouldn't have been surprised. The exact conversation has happened a thousand times before. I make a suggestion for a video we could make or a vacation we could go on or a new restaurant we could try, and Penn ignores it. But if that same video, vacation, or restaurant gets mentioned from a friend, it's like he's hearing about the moon landing for the first time. I knew going into this marriage that was dealing with a chronic non-listener. Earlier in our relationship, you could almost see the steam coming out of Penn's brain as he made the extreme efforts to focus on the words coming out of my mouth. 
But then a decade plus later, you add in distracting kids, a dog, a consuming job, and I can tell it's like he's perpetually fighting a band of monkeys banging cymbals in his brain. I get it. I do. But it doesn't change the fact that I want a partner who will effing listen to me. I unleashed my normal passive-aggressive self to get through the rest of dinner. I did my closed-mouth smile. I forced a laugh. I'm sure it was completely obvious to our friends that I was not happy. I was done being background noise while he listened to everyone else. Penn wasn't the only one who felt like he was in hell. We Americans talk a lot. One study from the University of Arizona found that we spit out an average of 15,000 words a day. True, about 5,000 of those are a variation on, has anybody seen my phone? But it's an impressive output nonetheless. We pour an awful lot of effort into how we're going to say things. We prepare presentations, we rehearse our best stories to trot out at parties, and we replay conversations in our heads, writing our epic eight-mile-style comebacks, but we rarely spend a single moment preparing to listen. Big mistake. Listening is the most important thing you will ever do with your partner, and when you do it effectively, everything else in your relationship is just better. Christopher likes to remind us that there's a reason God gave us two ears, but only one mouth. We are social creatures, hardwired to crave connection. Our most potent way to connect is the exchange of tiny vibrations that travel through the air and put our ideas and experiences in someone else's head and vice versa. It's pretty incredible. When you think about it, even the most ordinary conversations about the weather or what you did over the weekend are small miracles. You're not thinking of a salad, a trout, or a rainstorm, and then someone says those words, and suddenly you are. You're thinking about trout right now, aren't you? I'm always thinking about trout. It's yeah. delicious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the fact that we can express complicated ideas about our experiences, about what it feels like to be your particular self and your particular body, encountering a particular set of sensations and emotions as you engage with the world is downright astonishing. When conversation flows, it can be transcendental. We all know the pleasure of a conversation where we are really humming along and every third sentence makes you want to grab your partner's arm and say, OMG, yes. There is such a satisfaction when our words land deep in the gray matter of someone else's brain. Those moments of communing nourish us. We feel understood. We feel heard. We feel grounded. By contrast, conversations where your words sail out into a vast canyon with no response make you feel lost in the wilderness with no way to triangulate your position in the world. It is insanely frustrating and deeply isolating to feel like people are not listening to you. It instantly turns you into persona non grata. Being ignored or even half listened to is diminishing, dismissive, and downright lonely. Listening is one of those skills we start to neglect the longer we are in a relationship. That was definitely what happened for us as the years passed. We let our attention wander more often, even when the other person was reaching out. After our fortnight fail, Christopher helped us identify three of the biggest challenges to good listening habits. Distractions, laziness, and interrupting. And I think that's a good cue. There's much more to chapter seven. There lots is. of great, lots of great info. But, but I, I think it's yeah. time to We keep referencing Christopher in the book. It's like one of the great things is that we have him here with us as well. I know. So why not just let him join? No, why read a stinking book when we got <laughs> the person? Welcome, Christopher. Well, hey, thanks for having me back. It's great to be with you and to see you. I want the listeners to know that we are very socially distanced. We're <laughs> actually about two miles apart and I know. Through the miracle of 
internet connection. Here we are together. So it's great to see you both and to to finally hear those chapters. I think I've read chapter seven and I think it's great. And there is a lot more in that chapter to share. Well, I will say that Christopher came to pick up a microphone on our, that we left on our front porch so he could record this podcast and sound amazing. And he came with two masks on. And so we were very socially distanced. <laughs> but even through the two masks, we had a you know some front porch counseling that I needed just, you know, as a human as um, and it was so it was so lovely to hear his words. But Christopher shared with me that now at this particular time in our world's history, that he is actually working with more couples than ever. Can you talk to us a little bit about what's bringing people in to talk to you? Yeah, it's it's a hard time. It's a sad time. Uh, you know, I often say that the hardest things to go through in life, certainly the hardest thing on, on the life of a family or in a, a church family, on a school family, are always things that uh, economic uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have so many friends that have lost work or been furloughed, and I think that number is only growing. Uh, times of social uncertainty, and there's good reason for the social uncertainty that we're facing, but it's all around us. Mm-hmm. And I think election years can be hard on neighborhoods, on families. You know, if you don't vote the same way as your parents or your siblings, and on top of all that, we have pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so I think there is incredible stress. And I think for families and marriages right now, uh, there's not a couple that I know that's say two working people in the couple who have children of any age. I think it's hitting the children, the families with the youngest children hardest, but who are uh, doing online schooling, mm-hmm. who are just not at their wits end. Everybody is afraid right now. And everyone is just really really thin and not in the good way like i could be thinner and that would be good <laughs> for my physical it. health i was gonna say you actually I look mean, pretty good i mean thin in the emotional psychological spiritual way we're all just exhausted by all that all that stress Man. and tension his uh, christopher's uh, language has always been good but i haven't heard the term frayed yet this year and i should have it's the perfect term to describe yeah. how people are right now and i think that Maybe I'm wrong, but I know in our marriage, I think when we're in crisis, say we're, and I call 2020 crisis, right? I think I just assume I have a very, very strong, strong marriage and I'll get to it later, right? So I don't put, and so I can see why people need marriage counseling more than ever right now because there's probably a lot of people like me that are putting their, make sure their kids are okay, their parents are okay, their job is okay, and the marriage gets put on the back burner. Well, it does. And on top of that, the marriage becomes the place where stress sometimes is able to be expressed. And what I mean by that is you you can't complain. You can't emote to your boss. Right. Because your boss is your boss or to the person that you report to. And so your wife or your husband ends up getting the brunt of that. And it's just really hard. I've, I've and it's no lie. I've had more couples reach out to me since about June than I think in any four or five month period of 21 years of both ministry in a church and also doing what I do, which I call marriage coaching or marriage care. It's, it's been in, it's been really overwhelming. I've made more referrals since June to marriage counselors than any time in the last 21 years. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead, honey. Well, I was, I was going to say like this particular chapter, I know, you know, what you're talking about 
a lot of it is money and it's, it's, it's stress and it's having to like do a bunch of things at once. And we cover a lot of those things in our book, but also just like the art of listening, which is what this chapter is all about. That's got to be something that people like they haven't had to flex that muscle as much as they used to, because a lot of these relationships, there's been less volume of time together. <laughs> and so they can listen like really intently for a little while, but then they leave and they go away and they kind of get back in their own thoughts. You, I will say, like as someone who has ADHD, this has been a time that I've been aware and have had to, it still doesn't come naturally, like had to like put everything down and just listen to people more. Mm-hmm. Well, and what I'm hearing is that even though people are together because so many people are both working at home or working limited in the office and more at home, that even though they're in the same home or the same apartment or the same condo all day, they're finding that it's harder to actually hear what the other person is saying. Mm. It's, it's, it should be the opposite. But in fact, almost that increased time together has created a, almost a, a formula, like a Petri dish for bad listening practices. Yeah. Like it's white noise together all day. She must know what I'm thinking. Yeah. Actually she has no idea. Yeah. We've had so many situations where we've thought we've told the other person something. Right. And we haven't. Right. Um, and it's, yeah, it's pretty terrible. Um, (laughs) as somebody who's just turned in a book, um, about marriage and, but so tell us about what ways. So there's people that are in, and I would even say, and, your partnership in this main relationship in your life, that this is so important. But I think we also need right now, it's an election year. It's, there's a lot, we're not doing a lot of listening to our neighbors. We're not doing a lot of listening to our family members. What can we work on to help us flex those listening muscles, Christopher? That's a really long answer. I I know. Sorry. Well, I think one thing is that right now, and I think actually the chapter in the book that, you two are writing and that I'm sort of helping with or advising on really gets to this point in some really helpful and constructive ways. But one thing that I think is occurring is that we are so distracted by the news, by the headlines, like one rolling after the other about all the challenges that our society and our country and our culture and our neighborhoods and our kids are facing that it just becomes overwhelming. And we take that, say that's the first brick in the wall. Little Pink Floyd reference there. Mm, Thank you for that. The second brick in the wall is the fact that our attention spans, because of social media and because of phones, have become so much shorter that we have forgotten how to listen deeply. Mm -hmm. And we take those two things and we put them together. And we put a third brick which is something along the lines of um, if, if I were to write a book on my own right now, it would be about the culture of outrage. Mm. We're all just so outraged so often. We're all so shocked. And our visceral re- reaction is to want to tell everyone on social media or in something that we have blogged about, about how upset we are that, that someone in leadership said X, Y, or Z, or our friend put a certain sign in the yard that all has a combination of making us so raw that it actually decreases our ability to do what I call uh, listening deeply. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you guys do a beautiful job in the chapter in the book of talking about that connection that happens when we are heard and when someone has really hurt us deeply, when we find our person and they're willing to live with us, 
but everything else in the culture and in the headlines is pulling and pushing against that to where it's limiting our capacity to really listen deeply to the person that we're married to. And I, I would say, and I've told you guys this many times before, that most couples that I work with, if I can just help them learn how to listen to each other more effectively, that actually solves most of the problems that they're having. The, the problems usually are a symptom of the deeper problem where people aren't listening to each other in ways that are effective and productive. And yeah, and so a lot of the things that we talk about, like effective ways to listen, this is all common sense, right? Like put the phone down, put the laptop down, turn the TV off and look the person in the face. Those are simple rules. They're just harder to do now. They're so yeah. much harder to do now. Um, and, and we talk in the chapter, and I think Christopher has, has said, you know, look look your partner in the eyes. Yep. It's it's not necessarily an easy thing to do. I love looking you in the eyes. I know. I love looking at you. But but when you're when you're disagreeing, it's certainly harder. And uh, is, I, By the way, is it hard looking? I'd left my reading glasses on. Is it hard looking me in the eyes when I look like Mr. Like, Magoo? I know. And you looked like the professor from Harry Potter, um, Emma Thompson's role. Tre- her, professor Trelawney. Well, her eyes were like took up like the volume of the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was a little it was a little hard to look at you, but I was doing it because I love did, you. Did Penn just put our a Professor Trelawney reference into this? Yes, podcast? he did. He did. I, I think what you want to say is I just dropped a Trelawney bomb <laughs> on you guys. So, because I was listening. Because you're listening. Yeah, no, so it's funny, you know, like if you listen to our podcast, you know, Kim and I, you know, we each have deficiencies, mm-hmm. right? My deficiency is ADHD. And so this is a chapter where I am deficient. And a lot of the chapter is things that I learned to do. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. Opening up to a therapist might feel uncomfortable, cathartic, exhausting, or even exhilarating. But one thing's for certain. If you keep talking or texting with a licensed therapist, you will gain insights and uncover truths that you can only find in therapy. Get those personal breakthroughs and judgment-free support by signing up for Talkspace. At Talkspace.com, you can sign up online and get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you, typically within 48 hours. There's no need to commute to appointments, miss time at work, or line up childcare in order to attend sessions. It's mental health care made easy. Talkspace is also affordable and in-network with most major insurers. To celebrate May, Mental Health Awareness Month, and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering every listener of this podcast $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness to get $80 off your first month with code SPACE80 and to show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com slash Holderness with code SPACE80. 
that I wouldn't normally naturally do. Now, Kim has some things that she can't naturally do, and there's other chapters where that happens, but this was a chapter where I was deficient. However, during COVID, one of Kim's superpowers, which is feeling everything and emoting everything, also made it hard for her to listen sometimes because of all the stuff that's going on in the world. So we both had some challenges with this. But we and I we we talk about it and Christopher helped us or helped you with this pen just because yeah. you have ADHD does not give you an excuse not to listen. Right. No, I loved like that was that was <laughs> that was that was real talk, but yeah, work on it. Don't yeah. just use it as an excuse all the time. Yeah. Well, particularly when I think it's you know I talk a lot about magic words and I'm not sure that's the best I think it's a fine way to get people to understand. But the truth is, is that magic words in marriage don't work unless you also do the work for marriage. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a both and. But one of the magic sort of words or the magic pills or the back to Professor Trelawney magic wands of marriage would be improving your listening skills. One of the rules that I give to couples, I have sort of 10 tips for making your marriage better that I often share with couples. And I think the three of us have talked about this many times is that you will never read each other's minds. I've been married to my beautiful, loving, smart wife for 21 years now, 25 years. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I will make sure she does not listen to that. I've been a pastor 21 years, but well, she'll hear this. I'm sure I'm probably in trouble already. (laughs) I've been married to her for 25 years now and I still can't read her mind. Why? Because she is an intelligent person who has her own thoughts and feelings. So the only way I can find out what's really going on is to open my ears and shut my mouth. I actually have to try to listen. And so listening skills are, without a doubt, the best way to improve your relationship. You can't read each other's minds. The only way you can grow with your person is to actually find out by hearing what they have to say what's going on. I think something we've both had to work on was while while the other person is talking, like we really shut up and really truly listen. Yeah, like really let them finish their thought and don't interrupt them in the I'm middle speaking. of their thought. I'm speaking. <laughs> that um, may have been a reference to something. <laughs> I'm speaking. Okay, and and giving the silence and giving the space at the end. Let them finish a sentence take a breath and then not sit there the entire time and formulate your response. Yeah. Also. Yeah. And, and, and I'm sorry. Yes. And (laughs) yes. And I just did a kinetic interruption there. We're going to talk about that as well. And when they're done before you do the response, Christopher taught me this, and this is like crazy ninja magic word stuff. If you just kind of repeat little bits of what they just said, it actually helps. Well, it's, and so we talk about, we use the term magic words in the book and that's from Christopher and he has these magic words in every chapter that, you know, he takes a fight we've had, he breaks it down and then said, if they had done this and use these magic words, um, you, you work your way out of that. And that is one of the things that Penn, he thinks he's being smart like a ninja, but I know it's just the the training. It's, it's so I'm, what I'm hearing you say is you're, mm-hmm really you feel really overwhelmed right now i'm hearing you say this and so even just we just all every single human just wants to be heard and wants those those vibrations that come out of your face to be validated right. and i don't need you to agree with me on everything but to hear you but to hear me but what i what i naturally want to do when you're talking is to move on yeah to what i'm thinking of <laughs> 
I know that. And I have to like, it's, it, it's an urge that is part of my being. It really is. So I've got to, uh, you know, I've had to zip, zip it, shut up, holderness. Like that's what's going on in my head. Okay. Repeat what she says. Okay. Then you can say something. And I mean, but you have done, I would say in our, we've, we've worked, this is something we've really, really worked on is, mm-hmm. is, is the listening part of the marriage. And my God, what an a-hole I must have been to everyone in my life because you're the first one who actually like talked to me about it and I dated girls before you and I had a family and friends like I don't understand how they put up with me now that I'm learning the right way to do this um because they love you okay and you mentioned yes and so we talk about that and also in the book and it's it's kind of an improv comedy a tactic you just you never say you never shut off somebody on stage you say yes and and then you move it on um in our house, yes, and has become this hilarious, you know, he'll have a bad idea for a video and I'll be like, yes, and even though she hates it. And <laughs> what if we didn't do it? Um, but it's yeah, we make it work. I, I think the improv comedy thing is a very interesting analogy uh, or comparison or like that's that sim that colon thing that you had when you took the SAT where. You know, one thing was to the other as yeah. another thing was to something else. And one thing that I learned doing improv comedy in college uh, were some really deep lessons. And I'm certainly not the only person that's thought about life or thought about faith or thought about growing relationships that's made reference to improv comedy. There are lots of books about the value of improv. But what happens, right, is that we believe that our lives are these sort of prepackaged things that are all planned out. But the truth is, is your marriage, my marriage, your life, my life, your parenting, my parenting, it's all improv. Mm -hmm. And so there are some really neat lessons that come out of that whole world about how not to cut somebody off. And one of the most basic listening skills that would hurt, that would help every marriage and keep people from hurting each other would be simply moving, like you guys were just saying, from but, um, here's my idea for a video, dot, 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 but this one would be, my idea would be better, to yes, that's a great idea, and I'm wondering if we can improve it mm-hmm. by. And, and you said I, the same thing, basically. You just, yes, you just, you made one, the, yeah. Instead of cutting off the conversation and the listening, I'm validating that I think your idea has value, but I want you to include my pieces in it. And that simple thing can help reduce conflict and improve listening in any marriage. Just that addition of yes and or have you ever thought about it this way? I mean, there's lots of ways to get there. But the point is to get there instead of saying all the time, but or that's dumb or whatever you do (laughs) to cut off. By the way, we do it all the time. So, Christopher, here's the problem. We work. (laughs) We're we're a family and we're also a business. And a large portion of it is throwing spaghetti into the wall creatively. Like there's a lot of that every day. And we're getting better at the yes and, but every once in a while, someone just gets shut down. And when we do, we have that like gif from Duck Hunter, that Nintendo game where the duck is like flying across the sky and then he just, he gets shot and he falls to the earth, which we we have to use every once in a while. I haven't thought about Duck Hunter in 15 years. That's a a shame. It's a great game. It's a really responsible way to shoot animals. Uh, <laughs> bless. I will. Uh, so I love duck, by the way, whoever's shooting that duck. 
Pen holderness. It's really yummy. It's delicious. Okay, let's move on. Um, Christopher, in this chapter, gave us some magic words that I we have incorporated even into our parenting, and it has been magic. Things like um, "What's on your mind?" or "I'm all yours," or "I want to hear what you have to say." So sometimes I just walk up to Pen and say. I'm I'm feeling this and it's been a lot lately. I'm feeling this thing and I'm feeling overwhelmed. And Penn will say, I'm all yours. What do you got? And there's something about him just squaring his shoulders, looking me in the eye and will just stand there and, and just hearing me. And I know I don't need him to fix it. And he's learned that too. I don't need him to fix it. I just need him to hear me. <laughs> but I can fix it. No, you can't. Yes, and then can. and let me tell you the words that um, have helped my uh with our kids is i just simply say tell me more because it it is magic especially right now when the world is it's turned upside down for them too so you know if i have a moment alone with them they'll say oh i have this history i mean i use it in such a generic way i have a history test on monday what's it about civil war tell me more and then Tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. I literally say it 10 different times. And all of a sudden, we're unpacking the social dynamics, you know, from the class who, you know. Like, You're actually getting what you really wanted, which wasn't what's going on in history, <laughs> but what's going on in my daughter's life. Right. And then about people in her class and the people that, like, you know, exit Zoom very abruptly. Like, <laughs> and, and those people. So I, I get the, the tell me more. And it, it, that, it, that has been truly been magic. And then something that Penn replies on these uh, or relies on these magic words is, here's what I heard you say. Did I get it right? And he'll he'll or he'll validate like, I want to make sure I'm understanding you or um, you said what I'm hearing you say is blank and repeating it. And that it has been and I know he's quoting what Christopher told him to do. And I don't even care. Dude, I need I help with these things. No, I'm but, not a natural listener. Like that's the but problem. it's working. Yeah. Yeah. But isn't that great? I'm not a natural listener and I'm a good listener now. You play the role of a good listener. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> You're not kidding. I, so I think one of the things, right, particularly in times of conflict is, and I think I've shared this with the two of you before, and I, I think you guys as a couple were doing pretty well on this when we first started even talking about how we could help your marriage be more fulfilling for each of you. And I think that was like five years ago now or Mm -hmm. or maybe longer, but so often people will come to me with a conflict and they're not even aware that they're, that they're having two different fights. Mm. He thinks that the fight is about, uh, the amount of, um, the amount of time that they are not spending together. And she thinks the fight is about how he values work more than he values her Mm. and vice versa. And those two things may have a related source, but they have two different expressions. And the only way to get to the core of the issue is to be sure that you're both standing in the same place. Mm. And the literature calls that active listening, which is what Kim was just saying about how Penn will say, okay, what I thought I heard you say was, or I, I think what you're asking me to do is, and it just literally gets us to the same place so that we aren't just spinning our wheels in conflict. And it also tells the person that I'm talking to, my husband or my wife, I'm actually hearing what you're saying. And even if I'm getting it wrong, I'm trying to hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to validate your feelings, your point of view, at least long enough to hear and enter into a conversation with you. And that is huge to resolving conflict and building massive communication patterns that continue to undergird all the growth that we have together. 
totally mic drop mic drop yeah I, I, <laughs> there i mean there's a couple of things that christopher said over the last five years that have been they've been transformational i think not not just it, it didn't feel like someone was intervening and saying you guys are in a lot of trouble but he had a way of like very simply identifying the problem and getting a solution and when in the end of it these are simple solutions mm -hmm. i mean we're not going into like a major rehaul of our relationships mm-hmm no, and then I mean, that's for, I'm, go ahead. Chris, I'm sorry. Sure. For most people, it's fine tuning. I mean, yeah. in other words, most people get married in the first place because they have connection. And so what good listening does is it enhances, expands connection, and it sets the platform for that connection to transform and grow over time. And so if, if we can remember why we were connected to that person in the first place, they made me laugh. He listened to my stories. Um, she listened to me when I was vulnerable, when when no one else would. If we can tap back into that, we can continue to reinvent ourselves, if you will, as a as couples, and continue to to build strength upon strength. But without listening, without that connection that comes, because we can't read each other's minds, that's when you get into a lot of trouble. So for most couples, it's fine tuning to get them back to that place of connection in the first place and the easiest way to connect is by really listening and it's yeah it seems like such a simple thing but it's so hard I, i'm going to end my thoughts with this like excerpt from the book i can't remember if i wrote this or if you wrote this or if christopher contributed this i don't know who put this in here because mm -hmm. it was a team effort but i love like looking at the positives of mm -hmm. things. And to me, listening was always, it, I don't want to say it was a negative, but maybe it was like, it was just something I w didn't feel like I was good at. You mm -hmm. know, it was like having to go to history class and I sucked at history. <laughs> so this I was a history major. Yeah, I know. Ouch. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, look, you're good at it and congratulations. I have to, I helped Lola study for history and I don't remember anything from the civil war. Good stuff. Okay. Um, so this was in our book, getting to know what makes your partner tick is one of the great joys of life. Learning about someone else's inner world, their hopes, their joys, fears, quirks, and weaknesses makes our own inner worlds that much bigger. As we get to know someone, we gather so much data, picking up on patterns, on how our partners think, what their concerns are, and how they speak about them. We learn to anticipate when they're gonna make a pun or say, am I right, or yell psych. It is satisfying and comforting, like learning the words to your favorite song. That was me. That was you? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I didn't think it was me. Well, well, there's a special <laughs> comfort. Yeah. And like the, the beauty of a relationship and a partnership and a marriage is that special comfort that you don't feel the need to, you know, fill the time, all that. But but I think that that comfort breeds this laziness and that laziness breeds non listening. Um and I know what I need to do, what what I'm very distracted right now by social media and, and news. And then Christopher gave me permission today on the front porch as he's picking up the microphone. He goes, you know, you can take a news sabbatical. And I said, no, I cannot because the world I need to know. And he said, if there's a vaccine, I'll come over and tell you, you can log off of Twitter. I'm like, oh, right. I don't think I can do that. But it keeps me from not listening to you, to my kids, because I'm so consumed with news. And that's not good. Yeah, we have these shoot days. And like anytime I hear a ding, I'm like, oh, we're going to have to step down here for a second. <laughs> because someone might have done something. And sometimes the headlines are like, someone might have done something. Like that's not even news. I know. 
But it's 2020. 2020 has been a bear. I mean, the one thing I want to say is there's this irony, and it is a great irony, almost to the point that it's paradoxical, unless you can imagine yourself as a child. So the way that you learn everything as a child is you watch and listen to the grown-ups around you. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't remember a lot of that as human beings of being two and three and four. Uh, some people start to remember at four and five. So about there is where we start to remember. But even then, we mostly remember events. We don't really remember the things that happen to us day by day that teach us how to interpret our world. And what happens in marriage is I've been with this person for five years, 10 years, 15, 20 years. We begin to assume that we can read their mind and we begin to assume that that we can understand what's going on with them without asking or without taking the time to listen. And so the paradox and the irony that I was referring to is that when we meet strangers, new business partners, uh, the, the person in the airport, sometimes we're better at listening to them because they are a complete unknown. And it's this funny thing. I mean, we've all heard the phrase familiarity breeds contempt. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes familiarity breeds laziness, mm-hmm. which is a part that we cover in the book, I think, uh, pretty well. Meaning that we think, well, I know what she's going to say, so I don't really need to be fully present here. When the exact opposite is true, she, whoever she is, or he, whoever he is that you're married to, they are growing and expanding and changing each and every day over the course of every year. And the only way to go on that journey with them is to open our eyes and ears and make sure that we're following where they go. We have to listen. Uh, It's that simple. And I don't know if that's another mic drop. It is. It's a good one. I think like we're I think we're wrapping up here and that's a good mic drop and I have no retort except well done. No, I think that that's it's so true. And if if people listening are moved by this and can use um, and that, by the way, people are listening and driving down the road. You're like, why is my phone digging? Whose is that? I think it's Christopher's. Oh, but I'll forget. That's fine. I'm sorry. But you're not picking it up. But you're not picking it up. You're not distracted. Whereas I would have dropped everything. Um that if they take anything from today, it's, you know, maybe some of those magic words and maybe just square in your shoulder, look in your person in the eye and just listening and and, and promise you that tell me more um, will we'll kind of it'll produce a conversation that I think you'll enjoy. And I can't wait to hear people's feedback on it. I, I hope people find it useful. And one other sort of pro tip, magic tip is. If you're having trouble listening to each other, then during the course of day by day, then almost make a listening date. Mm. Um, my wife and I, when our children were young and we were just constantly changing diapers and all of that, all that young children implies, would have tea every Sunday night for an hour. And during that hour, we were just going to listen to each other. And some nights it was complaining sessions. And some nights we would just hold hands and enjoy the quiet. Hmm. And some nights we scheduled things. But we just, from one hour or two hours on a Sunday night over a cup of tea, sometimes it was wine, but usually tea, we just stopped everything. And it, it wasn't a date night. Romance wasn't the purpose, but connection mm. and communication were. Right. It's almost sometimes, I, yeah. sometimes you're so stressed and busy, you have to do that. And I think like calling it a listening session is actually not a bad idea. Yeah, right. Cause I love you, that idea. Because that's what you're going to do when you are there, at least yeah. half the time, hopefully. Yeah. A date night. I mean, I think, yeah, there's some expectation of romance and bleh, whatever that was. Why did you just make that noise? Um, but just to listen. Um, yeah. we pro- and, and again, Penn and I live together. We work together. We raise kids together. We 
we probably don't have it. That's why we love this podcast so much because it's exclusively it's a listening, session. listening. And um, it's, so we're just going to do daily podcasts right now. I'm kidding. We're not doing that. Um, thank you so much, Dr. Christopher Edmonston. Uh, and thank you for your contributions to this book. Obviously, we could not have it came out of all the work um, and all the pro tips that you taught yeah. us over the years. So um, thank you. And as this book uh, gets closer to pre-order, um, which is coming up really soon, uh, you'll be hearing more from Christopher, hopefully. Yes. Thanks, guys. Blessings to you both. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.